0: my name is drew joiner and you're listening to the beyond the garment podcast a podcast dedicated to enriching the lives of others by talking about sustainability fashion art and culture we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it all right let's get to today's episode The American South oftentimes doesn't get the credit it deserves when it comes to the ta- the topic of fashion. Today's guest has set out to change the narrative and allow me in introducing the creator of Bailey Vintage, Bailey Robinson. Bailey, how are you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing well. I like the intro. I really like that.
0: Yeah, man. I... uh did a little homework on you, man. I listened to you in uh, Issa's podcast on my dime, on your time, and uh, you know, that was one of the things that stuck out to me for sure. Is um, I think I think you said you want to bring um, fashion and a presence to where you're from, which is North Carolina. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, I want to. I want us to have our own personality in the fashion world.
0: Definitely, definitely. <laughs> you know, that's a great point. Are there any? Hmm. Are there any individuals? Like who? Who's big in North Carolina? Obviously, besides like, got like Michael, Michael Jordan. <laughs> in,
1: in like fashion or just in general?
0: Fashion in general, like like. In general.
1: Give... Uh, J. Cole is from oh, North yep. Carolina. Good point. Um, Jordan. We got the baby. Um, who else? It's it's not like a hub, I would say.
0: Yeah, but you have like, some big cultural pieces but not a hug we have a lot of we got a lot
1: of basketball players too yeah for sure definitely a lot of basketball player. but that's sort of the things i, I remember Charlemagne the god he's from like south carolina uh, but he was yeah. always like man there's there's not enough people coming out of the carolinas and i agree with that so
0: facts facts so let's hopefully you know we can get one going right here it's man bailey robinson <laughs> so let's start with the first question um you know yeah. what is what is your background where are you from and and how was it like for you growing up as a kid
1: Okay, so um, my background and what it was like growing up as a kid. I would say my background is in um, I was outdoorsy, like we were talking about before. you coming out of Denver. I feel like me coming out of North Carolina. I spent a lot of time outside. Mm. Um, um, the weather's really nice out here, usually almost all year round. So I was an outdoorsy kid. I was athletic. Um, I went to a school that had so I had like somewhat of a preppy style, but I always was conscious of how I dressed. And that's always been something on my mind is how I'm perceived, not in like a conceited way, but it's something that you have to keep in the back of your mind. Like, Oh, if I wear this, this way, someone's going to assume this. Yeah. Uh, So grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, went to college in Boston. Um, that's sort of where I realized, wait, that you sometimes you got to leave to look at like where you came from and be like, oh, so like, that's why I'm the way I am. Totally. So when I left for college and I started looking down and seeing how people perceive the South versus how it actually was, everyone thinks it's just racist and it's not like there's the South is like very, can be very progressive and we have our own things. So looking at, from the outside in, I wanted to show a side of the South that isn't always seen.
0: Definitely. Definitely, man. I think that's actually a really interesting point. Um, kind of to tell you a little bit, my my pops, his whole family is from Louisiana. And I go down to uh, the kind of Baton Rouge area almost every year. Obviously, last couple years, I didn't go. Um, but I went all throughout, you know, as a kid. I, I, and I still, you know, into my teens and young adulthood, I went. Um more and more, there seems to be this narrative, like you just kind of spoke on, that the South um, doesn't get the same love that maybe the coast do, West Coast, East Coast. And it's really interesting to hear you say that uh, when you left. So where did you go to school in Boston?
1: So I went to Wheaton College. Okay. Um, it's a small liberal arts school like a lot of the schools up there. We're pretty close to Foxborough Stadium where the Pats played.
0: Dope, dope, dope. And what did you what did you study there? How was your experience there?
1: It was fun. I went in as a soccer player, and then um, I started a company my junior year. That's where like my entrepreneurial spirit ended up, and then I ended up creating my own majors. So I majored in ethical leadership with hmm. a concentration in social entrepreneurship.
0: Ethical um, leadership, you said?
1: Ethical leadership. So it's uh, philosophy and business and management, and um, so. I, a lot philosophy i have another page that's philosophy that i don't do as much anymore but i really like to read i really like introspection and really good movies and stuff like that but um the social entrepreneurship part was my concentration and i feel like that's it, it like aligns with my whole vintage thing as well so if you do know my history this where i'm at now kind of makes sense
0: definitely and uh how do i ask this question let's unpack that a little bit can you talk to me a little bit about uh your philosophical background your interest in movies what 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 are we talking about when you say those kind of things
1: um i would say going back without getting like too deep into like why i am the way i am i guess i always kind of liked retreating into movies and thinking about things that weren't just surface level and kind of retreating into why things are the way they are so um philosophy i don't know if you know the movie like donnie darko um of Being a Wallflower, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, so movies like that where you just kind of feel out of place and you're okay with it, and then just, I would study psychology and stuff, just try to understand why feeling out of place, um, you know, learning about what it's like to feel out of place and everything like that, so I kind of fell into philosophy and looking at things beyond what you see.
0: Definitely. Very cool, man. That's very interesting. I um, I want to know a little bit about like more about your upbringing because I feel like there's something that we can unpack there too for a second. Um, yeah. You know, you, you kind of went into a little bit older. How was it like for you as a kid, man? Like what did you do as a kid? You said you were outdoorsy kind of kid, um, but like what else were you involved in? Like tell me about some experiences that you had as a kid that maybe helped shape the way you think about the world now as a, as a young man?
1: Um, I'll be honest. I, I grew up pretty well off, but I didn't really realize it till I left where I was. Um, a lot of my friends, um, were white and they had that, you know, we rode dirt bikes growing up and we, you know, we weren't really playing basketball really. Um, it was mostly dirt bikes, like paintball, airsoft, really like X games type stuff. Yeah. yeah. I've been snowboarding since I was eight years old. Totally. And then I was skiing before that. So I guess I was really kind of a wannabe, um, not Travis Pastrano, like Ryan Sheckler type dude. Um, But I also also played sports, and that kept me on the straight and narrow. Um, Growing up, I guess I got in, like, a bit of trouble. I've always had, like, not an adrenaline junkie, but not, like, just the straight-edge study type dude.
0: Right, um, right. So
1: that, I don't know if I'm not really – if you're not able to picture my childhood from there, let me know if I need to explain more. I, I just don't want to get, like, too deep into, like, oh, I smoked pot when I was eight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: totally. No, no, no. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> – <laughs> No, I love yeah. it, dude. I love it. Honestly, um, the thing about it is the more real you can be, the there's someone. I know there's okay. someone listening right now who who's listening to you and they're like, I'm just like this kid. I'm just like Bailey Robinson. You know what I mean? And so it's not, uh, you know, bring down any wall that you have, man, because this is a true conversation. And I, I love it, man. I actually. Okay, well, let Go me ahead.
1: OK, well, let me explain. So, like, I had friends who uh, were like, you know, they they thought the Civil War was like the war of northern aggression. They thought that. I had teachers who taught me the, about the Civil War, and it wasn't about, you know, slavery. And I saw the Confederate flag everywhere, but they were also some of my best friends, mm. and they really had my back. Um, totally, I heard people say the n-word around me, and the same dude who had like a Confederate flag on like his, the back of his pickup truck would be like, "Yo, watch your f- mouth," you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So, We were ride or die, and this is all before we were, like, 16, so it was really pure, you know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Totally, totally. Um,
1: We were all out wakeboarding, everything like that, and then sort of once we all became more self-aware, that was when the separation started to happen, where I was like, you know, you're like a brother to me. I really mess with you, but I can't be messing with your friends anymore Yeah, because we're all starting to realize societal things, and it's just too much anxiety for me. Definitely. So I want people who like grew up around like really white culture. And that's what got me into fashion. It I think this makes it come full circle because then you see people like Kid Cudi and like all these people and these rappers that weren't just gangsters. And you see all these black people that were in white crowds start to really emerge and not just be considered nerds.
0: Yeah, you know, totally.
1: I'm like, you know, you start to find your footing and you start to become you know alpha in your own way i hate using alpha but like you know you know what i mean i i'm like my own man just because of what i went through absolutely Um, but it shows in my fashion i think because i still love camo i still love the trucker hats and i i i'm i'm not condoning the confederate flag but like i saw it a lot but i also saw that the people rocking it didn't really know what they were wearing
0: that's such a unique perspective too because it's hard for it's hard for a lot of people to understand that but there's a lot of people who will understand that too you know what i mean um and it kind of is you mentioned that's how you got to fashion so let's talk about that a little bit you mentioned trucker hats you mentioned cambo uh how did you actually first get involved in fashion man
1: um so i was robbed of best dressed and My senior year, if you ask me, I really knew how to dress. Um, I think I was just always aware of the trends that were going on around me. And if you're a black kid going to private school like I was, you know, our parents are always going to try to tell us like, you know, you need to dress well. You need to present yourself well because people aren't going to assume. Yeah. um, You don't come for much if you dress a certain way, which I've always fought against. To this day, I'm wearing trashy holes, everything, never cared. But, um... I think my fashion sense has always come from having to be hyper aware of my surroundings. Mm. So mm. I didn't start my own brand until like three years ago, but it's always been something I've been interested in and how you can put a puzzle piece together so that people can feel like they know who you are without you even speaking a word.
0: Definitely. And how would you, how would you describe the origin story of Bailey Vintage and the naming of it too, man?
1: Yeah, so like I said, I studied social entrepreneurship, so I've always been on the lookout for things that are about making money, but also improving the planet and the community around it. Definitely. Um, so I, to the, in the nitty-gritty, what brought me into vintage was I was looking for Charlotte Hornets stuff, because if you don't know, it Hornets, it was the Charlotte Hornets, and then we became the Bobcats, and then we were the Hornets again. So in Charlotte, it was a really big gem to find old Hornet stuff. Mm. I got really good at finding that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about vintage, but um, right when I got back from college in 2018, I was just looking for old Hornet stuff. And then I was like, wait, I can flip this. Wait, I can flip this too. Wait, I know exactly where I can get you old, whatever your sport is. Right. So I
0: started,
1: so I started flipping it, um, cleared out my whole closet, really built a platform for myself And then I realized the business part of me started kicking in. So I'm like, you know, these are investments. These are assets. We're saving the planet. And the fashion sense behind it, if you get it, you get it. If you get it, like if you like vintage, then we're probably, we probably have some similarities where you too don't really feel the need to wear really expensive stuff like you you're kind of quirky too yeah like you know what i mean totally totally so it started right after college really reselling and then i started to um build up my own brand basically
0: why why the name bailey vintage
1: because i like the idea of designing under my own name um i want yeah i just like designing under my own name a lot of people that i look up to Um, Reese Cooper. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, you have the high ups like Raph Simmons, Rick Owens, but I always saw Reese Cooper, uh, Cole Buxton out Mm -hmm. of England. Mm -hmm. I just like the idea of doing that better. And it sounds more luxury. If you ask me, it sounds more, um, I I don't want, you'll grow out of a name. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There could be, you could name your brand after something that you were feeling once and not the other time. But if you design under your own name, then people will, You'll never grow out of it, exactly. No, that's actually
0: a really good point. That's why I named my brand Edward Joyner, which is my name. (laughs) And, you know, know, um, that's such a good point because I remember listening to or watching a YouTube video. I can't remember what it was, but this kid was talking about his brand. He started in high school. He was, like, 16. Mm -hmm. And the brand popped off, and he, he rode the wave. You know what I'm saying? 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. He's, like, 20 years old. He's, like, this name is not me anymore. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not me. So I totally understand that. One I of the saw things.
1: That on, you know? What was it? I, I'm saying, like I, I kind of felt that early on, where I don't want something I'll grow out of.
0: Tef- definitely, definitely. Uh, one of the things that just popped in my head too when you were talking about Charlotte, the Hornets, is uh, I, I, I went out. I went to France 2019, first time I ever left the country. Love that. And I was. I wasn't really, uh, invested in fashion, maybe in the way I am right now, but I remember going to a vintage store in Exxon Provence and one of the signature pieces that stood out was this, um, Charlotte Hornets tee. It was a dope graphic, man. It was a dope graphic, bro. And it was, uh, it was like 12 euros, something like that. And I wish I would have copped it. Cause I could show it to you right now. I should have, cause it was so, it was so inexpensive, it's um, worth more now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that just kinda of popped in my head. Um let's 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 think about what the next question is, man. So for Bailey Vintage, you have an upcoming drop. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. So talk to me I can about the, talk about it. Yeah, talk to me about that a little bit, man. I'm excited
1: to hear. So I like movies. I love movies. One of my favorite movies is American Honey, mm. which features uh Shia LaBeouf. Um it's about this group of a ragtag group of teens who travel in, around in a van around the American South selling uh, magazines. Um, the director did it in a way where it came off as really authentic. She casted everybody off the streets. Um, the main character was casted just off the beach. She met mm-hmm. her, said, "Hey, um, you know, here's my contact info. I'm gonna come over tomorrow just to talk to you about this movie I'm doing." She had no. The star character had no idea she was gonna be in a huge movie with Shia LaBeouf. Right, right. Um, so I love that authenticity. Um, I believe the director is out of England, so she had this outsider perspective of the South,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, where there's. I I just I'm. It's particular. It's a particular way how they show the South, and obviously that really strikes home for me. So American Honey is something I really like, um, and the meaning of American Honey. I was I was trying to find a definition of it, and I couldn't find. like one definition I was like oh even better because I want people to see my collection see the photography behind it see the videography and make their own distinction of what an American honey is but uh, typically it's just a girl raised out of the south Um, I I like to define it as you know a rebellious spirit seeking freedom Mm. Mm. Um, and in the most concise way that's how i would put it but there's just something so nice about the term american honey it's pure and sweet there's the country song it's just beautiful beautiful i love it
0: yeah i love that too man it isn't this, isn't there something called southern bells too mm-hmm. um, yeah there's... that's common common terminology southern bell s-
1: is the southern bell would be typically a little better dressed. she minds her manners mm-hmm. um she, you know, yeah, you know, you. I imagine her being at like cotillion class, a Southern Belle, you know, which is beautiful. A Southern Belle is amazing. You know, you, your mom might tell you, you know, a beautiful Southern Belle, something like that. But yeah, American yeah. is probably the antithesis of a Southern Belle. Antithesis? It's the, girl, <laughs> it's the Southern Belle's little rebellious sister who uh. is playing in the mud and. Coming to dinner a little bit, you know, muddy and dirty, and doesn't understand why she has to take a shower before um, Sunday church. So
0: definitely, definitely, I love that. That's actually good that I said something about Southern Bell because that yeah. helps me picture it a little bit better. And if you're listening right now and you didn't know, I knew about Southern Bells in America, honey. Now you know your boy is your boy is officiated.
1: <laughs> and then there's and then there's grit. Oh which yeah, is girls raised in the South. I've I liked. I like the idea of putting that on a, sh- on a shirt. Maybe we'll see. But American Honey is the winner for sure.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good. How so much room
1: for and inter- in, like interpretation? Definitely. I don't want to define it. I want other people to define it as well.
0: Totally. I like that. I really do. Yeah. Um, so,
1: um, more about the collection, though. Yeah. It uh, it's gonna be more of an art show than anything. Um, I know somebody. I don't know him, but I know. Have you heard of uh, Hot Mess with mm. Lucas Labatt mm. and uh, Noah Dylan? So they had this thing where they made it more about the art, and my director of photography, me and him, are working closely. Both of our favorite movies is American Honey. So we want to make an entire immersive experience where um, the 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 photography is going to be something that stands on its own. We're going to have the lights on it, Yeah, um, maybe a little poetry under it. And then at the end of all the photos that release, we're going to have a final video that premieres on a projector in a nice art gallery. Oh, wow. And the clothes are going to supplement it, but not to to make it sound like it's merch.
0: Right, right. The
1: clothes are where I put so much emphasis on the clothes, but Mm. I just also have this other part of me that loves cinema and cinematography, and storytelling, and um, deep lust for meaning that I'm also exhibiting in this entire project.
0: Basically. Most definitely. Most definitely. I love that. And that's, you don't want the close to over, you don't want one to overpower the other, it kind of seems like, right? No,
1: no, no. Totally. But I want one to be able to carry the other when one, you know, yeah, it's gonna. It's one is strong enough to pull the other. You know what I mean. Definitely. I got all three pillars flying on full cylinders.
0: Definitely, man. Definitely, I love that. That's really cool. And you guys are gonna obviously showcase that in a multitude of ways online and and uh, for a lot of people to see it. Obviously, not. Uh, it'd be dope to be able to see it in person if I was there. Um, which it's always really fun to go to different activations and events. Mm. Um, but. I'm excited for you, man, and you should be proud of yourself. Anyone who creates something and can bring it to life, that's a powerful, exciting moment. So kudos exactly. kudos to you. Um, I don't
1: care if it bombs. Yeah. I don't care. It's all about the creation. Definitely. The communication.
0: And, and that's one of the things that uh, I was actually listening to Issa. He was on a live stream today, and he was talking to – I can't remember who he was talking to. But he said something really important, and he was talking about the importance of creating – and I think that that's the right mindset. You have to you have to obviously believe in what you do, but you also have to get the work done. If you if you formulate, if you think about it all day, all night long, and you don't actually put the work in, put the time in to actually create, then you don't improve as a creative. Um, and one of the things I want to ask you, Bailey, is you know what motivates you as a creative individual? Because motivation is often fleeting, comes and goes. But when you are motivated or driven, what motivates you or drives you?
1: Um, my motivation comes from feeling like my the, the things I think about in my head will not be understood um, to the everyday, to to anyone else, basically. Kind of like that trapped in my head sort of thing, not to be like, deep and dark, but I feel like, you know, humans, you can never prove that that what's going on in your head and what you perceive is actually true. So I feel like as a creative and an artist, the only thing we can do is try our best to show and illustrate the ideas that we have in our head. Um, so I feel like as an artist and as a creative, that's what that great, the obtainable goal is to finally put some work out where it's like oh i think i know exactly what you were thinking at the time i think i've i think i understand you even though it's impossible mm-hmm. that's what drives me so it doesn't really matter what i'm doing i might quit and go write a book it's just i want to communicate what's in my head
0: totally what about um, legacy? Because that, that's a really that's a really powerful thought. It almost is. It, it's pretty deep. I mean, in a way, because all of us aim to be understood. This is this is my theory about things, yeah. life, world, fashion, everything. Most most people aim to be understood, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be by friends, by colleagues, by strangers, by whoever they they want to be understood. That's why we. Sometimes do the things we do, we have the friendships and relationships that we want to have. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, no one really knows you to your core, right? Because you have a lot of thoughts that go on in your mind constantly, constantly thinking about, you know, what do they think about me? What do I think about myself? How am I supposed to do this? Whatever it is, everyone has different thoughts that they, that they have in their mind that they just don't communicate all the time, man. And one of the conversations I love having on this podcast was with um, Unfinished Legacy, Brema. He has his own brand in Milwaukee. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called Unfinished Legacy, yeah. And his goal is to have a lasting impression on community and, and a legacy, right? Mm-hmm. When you talk about how you just want to get the things out of you and to, for, to, to have it be communicated, are you thinking about legacy at all? Are you thinking about... Um, potentially like leaving a lasting impression, even if it's on one person, are you thinking about thing those things or is it more so uh, a communication to be understood at the current moment? Does that question make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes, it makes sense. Um, I would say I'm, I'm less worried about the legacy to be honest. Um, just cause I've, I've had friends come and go and I don't want to drive myself crazy with, what other people think of me i'm mostly just <laughs> i'm mostly just trying to figure out like okay is this shit crazy or brilliant like let's find out <laughs> I don't no doubt. doubt
0: No doubt. but you know no, i
1: mean i'm yeah i don't know I'm, I'm weird i don't care though so i just want to figure out you know how crazy this this idea really is
0: definitely well Man, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. We have two more questions I want to ask you. Um, the last question essentially is a social media question. So this is really the last Hold question up. of the uh... – no, you're good. Last question of the pod, man. Um, above all else, what do you want people to know about Bailey Vintage?
1: Me um, or the brand?
0: Um, Let's do the brand.
1: Okay. I just want people to understand that the uh, the brand is it's more than just clothes. It's storytelling. It's artwork. It's photography. It's cinematography. It's an entire story that you can choose to relate to, and it goes beyond just a couple of hoodies or t-shirts. Um, and I want them to know that. Yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: That's great. I love it, man. Where can people find out more about you, uh, whether it be social media and whatnot?
1: Um, So they can find me on Instagram at Bailey underscore vintage. They can also find me. No, actually, no, that's it. I have my private, but I want to keep that private. So at Bailey underscore vintage.
0: No doubt. Well, thank you so much, man, for coming on, joining, having a quick little podcast session with me. Um, definitely a, a dope dude. Guys, yeah, should definitely check him out and, and watch out for his upcoming drop on Bailey Vintage. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast. We hope you gain some value from it. Wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.